2: You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast.
1: Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL.
2: With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Evelston. Into the Flames,
1: new episodes every Sunday. Chucky Blassie, let's go. Oh yeah, me too. Like,
0: I know they're bringing it back though. I know it's going to be a little different. I'm... kind of hope i don't i don't know like i haven't heard what the specifics are but
2: um, i kind of wish they just wore like the actual reverse retro blasty again because like we didn't get to go to games during that season that they wore blasty like i never got to wear my blasty in the dome while the team wearing
0: it so every every year they've worn a blasty jersey with the exception of 2003 they have never made the playoffs it's a little fun and they've been the wor- the worst years have been with blasting circulation. I guess two thousand four though it was their third. So we the worst and right. best years. Right. Fuck! I hated that bubble season so much.
2: <laughs> it was horrible.
0: I can't even think about it. <laughs> well, somebody posted like the uh, the lineup from the the previous year, the playoffs. It was like there's seven guys remaining. That's got to be the worst on paper flame team ever.
2: Oh yeah, right? absolutely! Like absolutely. the bubble team
0: with Reader and Ronaldo and Lucic <laughs> and all oh, and
2: <laughs> Forbert. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, it was. It was
1: bad. It's pretty much almost confirmed that we're getting alter- an alternate and a new reverse retro. So, ideally, I think the alternate is going to come out to be a blasty. I don't know what the color scheme is going to be like, but the reverse retro, like, what kind of? What kind of ideas do you think they could go with? Like, well, the, th-
0: the thing about the alternate though is I the, they have the it would be printing money. They print the money to do the Blasty thing because for some reason all you kids who weren't around in the nineties think it's like cool when it was like the worst time ever. Like we were just talking about this is like okay they they had Blasty as an alternate in two thousand four, but outside of that every year they've worn Blasty. Um, or had it in circulation has been terrible they've never made the playoffs and then they wore it in the bubble year which were they they're terrible so i've never been been a big blasty i see it's it's fine it's cool but it should be like they should like have it like once a year like the perfect jersey circulation to me is what we have right now and i shouldn't complain because the home and away are unreal best in the league but the perfect jersey circulation is the the home and away and then the 2004 black flaming sea third and then do whatever you want with the rest are we like they're just so obsessed with the cowboy thing you know like this cowboy motif they will never let it go it's insane but i mean i guess when daryl is your coach and he's an actual cowboy i can uh let it slide so I mean, for the reverse retro, it sounds like they're going pedestal, which is like to me, this weird nostalgia for times that sucked is weird to me right now. Like those jerseys were terrible. so yeah. and that time period sucked. like nobody remembers how bad that was. but i I think they could make a pedestal cool, but i I'm uh, based on the flames past jersey history, i I'm skeptical that it will be anything but like a monstrosity. They, they've done better lately, but like pedestal with like the, the like remember when they released those uh like concepts from the like the boot skate and the um from that third jersey a while ago with the script and all like the concept art came out and it was just horrible
1: yeah
0: yeah you
2: yeah.
1: know
0: that's what i'm expecting from like this pedestal jersey <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess they could my, my guess is that they'll it'll be a black jersey right like because i think they like the black thing um and then it'll be like the the red. I don't know. That pedestal is brutal. So I don't know. I, I imagine it'll be like some sort of black pedestal because it's not going to be yellow, right?
2: I like, I don't, the pedestal, I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I hope it's more red than black. Like, I, I don't know. I hope it's not like an all black jersey like the Blasty was. I hope there is some red that is involved and more of like the main color on the jersey. Well, I mean, I've
0: seen, I've seen Chris's like Chris Wilson. I think he does stuff for like, you guys at the wind column and stuff like he does a lot of uh, good art stuff he had a killer one the other day which was a pedestal i think it was black but it looked really good
1: it seems right now like based off what i've like heard from like just speculation that it's going to be like a a black pedestal with a white c which that would actually be pretty sweet like, like i wouldn't mind that if it's like the same logo from the shoulder patch like on the first reverse retro i wouldn't mind that actually
0: they could make a white sea cool. What they got to lean into? I, I would ditch yellow as a color in this. If it was like, hey, white sea, totally black jersey, and then red pedestal, that could be kind of cool. Um, mm. But I think I feel like that yellow just like ruins it. It makes it look so like you look at those jerseys and it's just like so Mickey Mouse, so McDonald'sy. Like it was just like the whole like the striping and everything is just so bad. So I think if they ditch yellow, maybe they could they could have something there because white sea that could be cool. Like we've only seen it really on the main awesome retro jerseys. And then otherwise it's, it's on those awful like pedestal ones. And the, the worst part is, is that it's outlined in like black and yellow. You know what I mean? If they it got, is- if they got rid of one of the outlines, specifically the yellow one, it looks way less cartoony and it looks so it will probably look super slick.
1: I just don't want them to mess it up. Jersey sales are already probably going to be through the roof anyway. With- so freaking 310
0: bucks now. Yeah, I like, what, a that. what a joke. What a joke. Murray Edwards is like, he just had to pay Huberto and uh, Nazem Khadri. He was like, I got to make some residual money back so I can frigging plate the floor of my bathroom in pure silver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
0: But I think, yeah, like what else do you do with a reverse retro if it's not the pedestal? And like, honestly, I kind of like using crappy jerseys for this concept because it's like a one-off i'm fine to go as goofy as possible on on any of these jerseys like freaking make it you know what go we're are we retro enough to use the flag the alberta flag yet we could make it a blue freaking topographical map
2: of alberta like they've always wanted that would be great Oh, like, what would they bring? I don't know. Like, you know, the like Atlanta Flames, like the A, like, would that be something that they look at? Or there's no way because we're in Calgary now, right? Like, I don't I don't know.
0: They seem hell bent on the the Atlanta one could be really cool. I think like that would be uh, that would be something that would be like too innovative and too cool for the Flames to do because I I feel like they're going to stick to like more tried and true stuff. Um, it's like they're milking that '90s nostalgia for all it's worth right now. So they're that's what they're going to go with. I see, but I'd love the I I miss. I, I don't know if I'd put it on the retro jerseys, but again, more credence for like the Black Sea third comeback. So you can have the 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 assistance captain patches, the Atlanta A. Because I I always love that. That's I think that's a sweet nod. and it's, in a, it's a great logo too. So yeah, I'd love is. to see some sort of Atlanta Flames thing.
1: They had like a rendition of that in warmups last season.
0: Yeah, they should have worn a game. But wear it a
1: retro night. I don't get it. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Like yeah. i I really enjoyed that. I was like, "Damn, they're only wearing that for warm up." Like, I know
0: they always wear those cool jerseys in warm ups. Like, what was that one? It was like it was like I don't know if it was Army Night or something, but it was like black, but it had like some. It had like kind of like splash behind the the white sea. It was sweet. I mean, while we're on the topic of jerseys, we can also talk about who is our like jersey. Who's what? Whose jersey are you getting next?
2: Yeah, because.
0: <clears throat> I've got two blank ones right now waiting to be crested. It's it's such it's depressing to go through my jersey collection right now.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yo,
0: Monty, Johnny, 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 Kachuk. <laughs> oh depressing. Um I'm kind of leaning I, I'm definitely getting a Manji because um I don't have that yet. 88's an amazing number and he's like my favorite player, but I'm debating between Hubert and Calgary because I feel like I'm gonna be I feel like I'm going to like Kadri more. I don't know. It's really? all going to cu- it's all going to come down to if if Huberto gets to like the C or something.
2: True. Yeah. Um yeah. I don't know. Like I'm kind of in between too, but I'm more like I want to get a weaker jersey but like not until I know he's going to be here longer. And I also want a Shillington jersey, but Oh yeah. I right know yeah. it's between Huberto and Shillington for me. Yeah, that's like I'm probably gonna get Kadri just because I'm Lebanese and
1: he's Lebanese. Because why not? I feel like I'm legally obligated to do that. Um, and then I was thinking like on the reverse retro, I'll get Sutter. Like, no, totally Sutter 27. At the no,
0: point. that's not what you said. It wasn't Sutter 27.
1: Was it Sutter 27? No, nice. no.
0: I think it was Sutter 69. I'm pretty sure.
1: Ah, there we go. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> I love how Weger was doing his tour of the dome today, <laughs> and he like walked like. That dressing room, it looks like a freaking pee wee rink. It's so bad, and he's just like standing like, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> it's like it looks like it doesn't even have like uh, electrical or plumbing or like anything.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. it's just like there's
0: like pipes. Like, like whenever <laughs> there's like behind the scene in the dome, is like there's like dripping pipes, and it just looks brutal. It's so <laughs> bad.
2: Yeah, you go up to Edmonton and they have their twenty thousand oh, square foot locker room or whatever it is yeah
0: I, I always imagine guys like i imagine like the first time they get to calgary and they're like hey they're coming in on the airport i like have you been to the airport recently yep yeah. it's a it's like have they done have they mowed the lawn in 15 years even it's just brutal i always it's... imagine like hey you're an nhl star you just come from florida you're like hey i got traded to calgary here i come on the airport and it's like is the i look like it looks like a slump and then you can drive you drive down off through Deerfoot, like up in the Northeast, and you're just like, oh my lord, Everything's like brown. The road is terrible. Yeah, like I can imagine Huberto thinking he can bring his Lambo to like Calgary, and he just like starts out on the QE2, gets a rock chip, rips out the bottom on a freaking pothole, and gets to the yeah. rink, and it's like the shittiest place he's ever been. It's just like, oh man. I mean, you gotta you gotta give the guy props for signing a long term deal here.
1: It's unbelievable. I immediate love for that guy. Like, I'm literally throwing hands. Like, this, the second the media decides to start to talk shit, I'm throwing hands. I don't care. Like, it, like, I literally... Like, there's nothing this man could do besides score an own goal in Game 7 that would make me hate him. Like, that's he... where I'm at.
2: He... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he seems like... I don't know. I've kind of been throwing this idea around. And I think maybe it's because just like I was so depressed. I like had to swing to like, uh, I have to grasp onto something. It's like, it feels like he might be the, not that I had any issue with like Johnny's character or like any of that off ice stuff that everybody like to bullshit about for the entire time. He was here. Like, oh, You can't win with him in the playoffs. So he's, he's not a winner that heavy guy, but like you do kind of get the vibe from Huberto that he is like, a play for keeps monster beast, like in, in a way that Johnny just wasn't, and it's not who he is. And not that that's a bad thing. People are different, but you just kind of get that vibe, right? That he's here to win. And he's, I, I like what Brad said about codgers Like he plays for keeps. It's like, those are, those, we just added two guys who play for, keep, like they're going to play their balls off next year and hopefully for a few more years. So um I think he's going to be a super fan favorite. I think there would be, way less hand wringing it's, it's weird because right like i was thinking about this today with weger because i'm so stoked about him um you know he's he's a great player from everything i've seen but then on the flip side right like i've been talking a lot about how i have been a little nervous about the huberto contract because i haven't watched him play like i've shit dude like when, how many florida games have you watched in the past 10 years
2: Right. Yeah. 10. Yeah. Yeah. If that, right. So he's,
0: he's turning 30 next year or he's 20. Is he 29? He just turned 29, right? Yeah. Yeah. Making a lot of money. I'm like, on the flip side, I was like, yes, Johnny Gaudreau slam dunk, pay him everything. Why? Because I've seen Johnny Gaudreau play 600 games. I've seen Jonathan Huberto maybe play 10 games against the flames where I wasn't watching for Jonathan Huberto. Yeah. So then, on the flip side of that, it's like, hey, I see all Mackenzie Weers advanced stats. I'm like, oh, this guy's so fucking good. He's so great. He's gonna be awesome. And it's like, I've watched Mackenzie Weir play like ten times, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that. So yeah. it's 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 crazy how you don't like. I always go back to the Chris Tanev thing when we acquire guys. I've kind of learned this to like not get too freaked out or just just be excited a guy wants to be here, right? Because like when Chris Tanev signed, I was like, this is a disaster. This guy's what are we doing? We're spending four and a half million a year, a year on this guy. He's made of glass. He's just turned 30. He has had the two worst years of his entire career. Comes back, literally puts up the best defensive numbers of any defenseman in like the past in the modern era of like advanced statistics. So my new mantra is when we get players who want to come to Calgary, I am like stoked. So (laughs) it only applies to star players that I'll be excited about. Obviously, you know, we've been pretty critical of Brad the past four years but it's we've been flames fans a lot a lot longer than we've had a podcast that people listen to right so people just kind of like oh you guys just hate free living it's like okay you haven't heard my thoughts on the guy for the eight years he's been here you've only heard like the last two that have had a podcast where i don't think he's done a particularly good job so um a lot of people have been coming after us lately being like oh see are you happy now brad and it's like you know what like I, I if you weren't frustrated on the day the days they lost Johnny Gaudreau, learned Matthew Chuck wanted out, and he's out like signing Kevin Rooney. Yeah. Like that's where the frustration comes from, right? It's just like, fuck, here we go again, right? Because he's done that before. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. It's like, it's like that year after we were the best team in the West and had like an insane year. And um, it's like he didn't do anything except like trade for Lucic and sign Ronaldo. It's like, or and sign Reader. It's like sign his plugs. And then he did the exact same thing the next year. So that's what it felt like. I think that's why another reason we were so. We were all so down. It was like, fuck, here we go again. Same old, yes. just, like, sign a bunch of plugs. It's like... um, But the dude... I don't know what he... Like, the dude found a way, which was absolutely incredible. Like,
2: yeah. he was just
0: powered by Boston Pizza. And just, like... I the guy looks unwell like he's just been like eating every time i see him now i'm like geez dude like mixing a mix in a apple or like a fruit juice or something he's just been like eating boston in the flames in the saddle dome conference room just like locked away with boston pizza just like working non-stop um, <laughs> yeah. but you know what like that's where the frustration comes from because that's the thing about the flames right they've been in win-now-mode, quote-unquote, win-now-mode for, what, five years? But they haven't. The, the The mantra, the the attitude, the mandate has been win-now. The moves haven't been there until now to back that up, right? Yeah, I think that, Yeah, that building frustration is what it kind of pit really blew a lot of us, like made us all blow our top when Johnny left. It's like, hey, like, come on, dude. And then he's signing Kevin Rooney, and it's just like, fuck, what are you doing? Like, yeah. okay, like now, now, things. Huberto, Kadri, now we now we're in win now mode. Now your, now your words are backed up by your actions. Finally. Thank you.
1: Thank you. All, all we've ever wanted. Like, yeah. Like literally just don't take the path of least resistance. Like you right. give yourself a second chance. Yeah. Go for it. Exactly. Like, path of, go
0: for that's it. The, exactly correct. Cause that's kind of been Brad's problem, right? Cause people are say oh, he is not done anything bad. And I'm like, well, he hasn't really done anything. He's just kind of like let things happen. You know, he lets TJ Brody go for nothing. He lets uh, Mark Giordano go for nothing. And then it looked like he was going to lose Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Chuck wants to trade. It's just like all these things that he could have been proactive. And it was just like, finally, yes, there's Brad Living that we remember from 2015, who's out there swinging his nuts around trading for Dougie Hamilton. That's <laughs> that's the yeah. GM I liked back then. Yeah. Um, so I... I he's not taking the path of least resistance. And that's all we've ever asked for. Really? Thank God.
2: I Um, I still don't know how he did it in that. Chuck train. Like I, I I still don't understand how all of that went through.
0: Well, so Elliot was saying to, I don't know whose show he was on. He was saying, um, kind of how it shook down was the flame were like shell shocked because that's the other thing too, that was pissing me off about Brad, right. Is like, when you watched that press conference, when he knew Johnny was leaving, he looked like a child. He looked as upset as I did. He was so shocked that he lost Johnny Madreau. right? Like he was sure yes. of it. So that's what like set me off too. It was like, hey, you don't have a plan B here. What are you doing? Like you look like a deer in the headlights right now. Um, so apparently based on what Friedman said, like, that was kind of true. It was like, they were so stunned. They were just like, shit, now what do we do? And then the Florida conversation started happening. And they realized that they could possibly get a player of Huberto's caliber. And that's when things started to shift to Brad to like, hey, oh, we, can, we, can, we can not only turn this around, but we can just get right back on track. Again, like made history. First sign in trade in league history. Second time in history, 200 point players have been traded for each other. The other one is the Wayne Gretzky trade. Yeah, <laughs> So it's the biggest trade in the NHL ever since Wayne Gretzky. Okay. And then he signs Nazem Kadri to what I thought was a pretty fair deal, given that it's $7 million per year. Um, Absolutely. But I think the Panthers did well too, right? Like, I think that's kind of what gets lost in this is like, they didn't get nothing. They got one of the best young players in the game. They got a guy who's going to be an absolute beast for the next eight years. So um, I think it was just a good, solid hockey trade. And I mean, kudos to Brad. And I mean, here's the thing too. He usually, here's where I give him most props. Like the Huberto-Chuck trade, Crazy. Great piece of work. Not only in terms of acquiring a star player to replace Johnny Joe, not only in terms of acquiring two, uh, incredibly valuable defense in McKenzie. We both who like make less than Chuck combined this year, setting yep. himself up to have t- a lot of cap flexibility. So not only is it a good piece of work on the player front, it's a good piece of work on the money front, but also then that he kept going, right? That he didn't just stop.
2: Because exactly. that's kind of what
0: I was expecting, right? It was like, that's hey, I, I did that. It was like, no, he... He moved Sean Monahan finally. Yeah.
2: And he <laughs> yeah.
0: caught He got things done. It wasn't one of those situations where, yeah, the Flames were a second. The Flames were in on it to the last second and it fell apart and he just couldn't get it done. Because to me, it kind of felt like, again, the Hubert trade is a, a step up of anything we've ever seen, but if he had just kind of stopped there and then just like tinkered around the edges and be like, Oh yeah, Sean Monahan, we're going to give him another shot this year. We're going to just kind of roll the dice and see how the rest of the team does while we add Kevin Rooney and like one other kind of like peripheral guy that kind of, to me would have felt like the year they signed Markstrom and Tanev when it was like, yeah, those are good pieces, right? Like those guys are good players, but you didn't address your needs heading to the season. And now Brett Ritchie's playing on the first fucking line all year. So I'm, that's what I'm most impressed with. In this whole series of events is that he didn't stop at the Kachuk trade. He kept going and seems to
2: wanna to keep going. Dude's on a rampage, finally. It's it's unbelievable what he's doing right now. Um it's something we haven't seen from Brad in forever, right? Yeah, I
0: mean just like have a plan, dude. Like that's what you used to do back when you were like trading picks that to acquire and like draft Rasmus Anderson and freaking trade for Dougie Hamilton. It's like <laughs> yeah that's like that's your job and you're doing it again and i'm it's great because now we don't suck and it's gonna be fun to watch hockey again because like where were you guys what was your actual honest reaction at the prospect of like where were you guys before the hubert ordeal like what were you thinking next season was gonna be like at best
1: like we wouldn't be doing game review videos yeah which is like (laughs) it made you
2: question your existence (laughs) i i was yeah i was fully sold on a rebuild like. me too yeah and
0: um best case scenario like you kind of like limp in and like okay maybe like freaking Lindholm and Manjupani can you know have career years and like maybe Daryl can squeeze as much juice out of this crappy lineup as possible and you maybe make the playoffs or something like that and then sign somebody next offseason like that was my I was like hey I don't want to watch that oh man like, no. I did not want to watch that. And he turned it around on a dime. And I think that's the other thing where you've got to give him credit is that, um, that's where I kind of like this is where my forgiveness lies with probably over committing to a guy like Kadri And I mean, probably you're not overpaying Huberto, he's a star player, but committing money to older guys is like this is a, win for the f- this is not even a win this was a necessity for the fan base to not lose our mind like this had to happen or we were going to like i do like can you imagine what the dome would be like if we either a rebuild it or re- rebuilt rebuild is not a word or tried the limp in philosophy i don't think the fan base would have had it i really don't because no again like I I was like, I'm not going to any games this year. No way. That's the only way. That's the only way I can be like you guys screwed up losing your two best players. So he's he's Brad's big two weeks like saved the franchise essentially.
1: Do you think they're gonna name a captain this year or are they gonna go with four A's? I personally want them to name a captain because it's like, hey, set a direction, like go for it. Do it, do something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm in the set of direction camp. I mean, it's kind of been it's kind of been I mean, when Chucky was here, I was like, it's so clearly and apparently it wasn't (laughs) so good thing they didn't. But it seemed so clear that it was like, hey, this is this guy's team and they're just keeping it from him. Um, And I guess in the end, they would have given it to him if he had signed long term. But yeah, I don't know. It's just kind. I don't like all the Mickey Mouse dumb shit. But at the same time. I'm kind of like, hey, okay, if Daryl doesn't have a problem with it, then I don't really have a problem with it either. It's like Daryl's the true captain, so who really gives a shit at the end of the yeah, day? Just, um, yeah. But I personally would like to, I, I would name Hubert captain because the guy just committed to, like I said, our shitty rink and airport and cold-ass city for eight years. And I mean, the guy deserves the captaincy just for that. But I think it does just kind of give your team a bit of direction and a bit of... I don't know, not stability, but I just think it's. It, then people aren't talking about it. I don't know. I just think they should do it. But if they don't, I'm not going to be super upset.
2: No, yeah, I'm the same way. I think Huberto should get the C. I mean, he's going to be here the longest, right? Um, well, and he's your best player too. Like, yeah, I, I hate this. Like, oh, Backlund. It's like his
0: Backlund's not on the ice when you need a goal. Lucic isn't on the ice when you need a goal. No, no. Can't, like even Tanev. It's like to me, the captain is the guy who in when you need a big play and not just like some, a big when you need massive seismic shit to go down, you throw your captain over the board, right? It's like, yeah. that's who the captain is. It's, it doesn't matter who's the best guy or who gives the most to charity or who's the nicest guy in the room. It's the guy who, when it's there's 30 seconds left and you need a goal, it's like, Hey, we're throwing Hubie over the boards and he's going to get, he's going to make it happen. So to me, your captain is your best player. And you end up galaxy braining it if you do like the the stupid shit where it's like, oh, it's the best character guy. It's like maybe if you're a rebuilding team with a bunch of young kids, but when you're an elite Stanley Cup contender, you don't you don't give it to guys like Backlund. No,
1: you give it you give it to a guy like Mason McTavish who just obeys the laws of Hitler. exactly. Was that not the most ca- <laughs> it was perfect yeah. com- perfect?
0: Like, That's the most character shit you've ever seen in your life. Literally. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely.
1: That, that was, was crazy. Nuts. That was just insane. Yeah, that was insane. I mean, I'm also on Team Huberto. Noah and I posted like a 35 minute rant, basically. Over him. So there was that. I'd say we don't add this is the forward group we're going with. Um, Who's filling that top line right wing spot? Is it Tofoli or Monge to you? Because we've had this discussion a few times and we're just looking for other insights because we've debated back and forth quite a bit on this.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to figure out what to do there. I Obviously, getting somebody else to play in the top six, I think would help. The thing that's weird is Toffoli seems kind of right now like a square peg in a round hole type guy. It's like I was really stoked when he got him, but he never seemed to, I don't know if it was even his own fault. He kind of got like, not to the extent because James Neal was, had other issues, but it's like when Neal got here too, like they didn't utilize it properly. He got stuck on the line with like Jankowski and Bennett. It's kind of been like that weird third line where it's just like no man's land. It's like anybody new who comes in who doesn't really like fit just gets like put on this weird third line. It's like whether you're playing with Jankowski or half robotic dead Sean Monaghan or Dylan Dubé or whoever from time to time. They've always had a weird like issue there. So, I mean, I'd like to see fully get a chance to play with guys who can get him the puck because I do think he still has a lot of talent. I think his lack of conditioning definitely showed last year in Daryl Sutter's high-paced system. Like, that was the thing I noticed the most. Like, this guy, if he was in shape and could keep <laughs> up, he'd be, he'd be a lot better. Not that he's a great skater to begin with, but, no, yeah. I mean, the guy's still a pretty good player. Um, like, I mean, you saw, like, even the goal, right? Like, the highlight real goal he scored with Johnny Gaudreau. Like, freaking Cali Yarncrock's not feeding him that pass, right? <laughs> no. Like, only <laughs> no. Tyler Toffoli could finish that, like, in the way that he did because he's a great scorer, but... Cal Yarncroc, or who did he play with in the playoffs? Yarnkroc, Toffoli, and Dubé? Dubé is not giving him that puck. No. So, I don't know. I feel like Toffoli feels like the fit, but I also feel like a lot of us are like, yeah, I don't know if that is the fit. Because if you want to recreate as best you can the possession monster that was the Goudreau-Kachuk line last year, probably your best option is to go Huberto, Lindholm, and Bonnie. Not that Mangiapane is Kachuk, but he is still an excellent play driver and a great defensive player and a great four-checker, whereas I think Toffoli is probably not really any of those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think if that's what you want, and if it were me, that's what I'd try first. You you want the most high-leverage line you can have um, at, as that top unit. So I personally would try Mangiapane. I don't know how much of adjustment to be playing right wing. You could probably handle it but it does feel like there's going to be some work that needs to be done there. Yeah. In terms of like chemistry and seeing what works, because I mean, that's the other thing in all this too, because I've seen this question going around like, Oh, are the flames better or the flames worse? And it's like, I don't really know if that's the right question because we don't know yet because, To me, the biggest thing of like, hey, okay, why was the Goudreau line so dominant last year? Because they were. That's that's the thing, right? Like, I don't know how you can say a team is better when you just lost two-thirds of the best line in the NHL and two of the best five-on-five players, like guys who were putting up not only great five-on-five numbers, like historic five-on-five numbers mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. I don't know how you can just do- delete those guys from your team and say, yeah, we're actually better with guys who probably aren't as good in terms of their on ice impact um so the the biggest thing to me is that's what you're losing in Kadron Kachuk is you're losing like uh, there's proof of proof of concept with those two guys it's like you've seen what they can do together because they played together for a long time and you saw that they can work really well together whereas like we don't know how huberto is going to mesh with lindholm and Manjupani or if Hubert is going to play with Kadri. so that to me is kind of like the biggest what if factor in like oh are the flames better or not so I I think Daryl will figure it out though. That's he's my grand. He's like my center. It's like I'm like fuck. What are they gonna? Oh yeah, Daryl. Okay, he's got it. All good.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it'll have to be something that comes about in camp, right? Like it, they're gonna have to see how the chemistry is between like player to player now with this whole new first line that they have cooking up.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think I know they've kind of tried like the tandem thing. So I don't know if we'll see that play out, but I all Daryl wants is like high leverage lines who he can just throw and he because that's the thing, right? Like, I think people, I don't know in all the Huberto, like and the cadre excitement, it's like, we're forgetting how unbelievable that top line was last year. And not only how unbelievable they were, how much they carried this team. Like you look at the like scoring chance splits, shot splits, expected goal splits, like anything you look at when you Kachuk were on the ice, the flames were like the best team in the league. When those guys are off the ice, not so good like they were incredible in terms of their on-ice impact. So um I I don't think it's I don't I don't think people are wrong to be like worried about what how the team is going to look or how these new guys are going to kind of mesh in when you lost those two guys. Cuz again, Daryl's system was great. A lot of guys had fantastic years. A lot of guys had really great years even when though they weren't really like putting up huge numbers like I think Coleman could have been better was fine. A lot of the D guys had great years, but up front if that first line wasn't on the ice, you weren't really getting a lot of production. Cause like Monjapani had 35 goals, but Coleman didn't even crack 20. Right. Backlund, yeah. you know how he his, his finishing issues. He's not a big time goal scorer. Obviously Monaghan, you know, do like there, there wasn't a lot of production and uh, chances generated by guys who weren't the drug Chuck or Lindholm last year. So I think people I think you're you would be correct in like hey I I'm a little worried about where the goals are going to come from.
1: But one thing that I absolutely love is our center depth. Like when was the last oh, time Oh yeah, center depth this stack? Like I was like minus 20 years old. Dude.
0: The best the last time here's how pathetic this is. The last time I rem- I was like I was remember telling somebody like we traded there was a year we traded for Conroy to get Conroy back. And I was like, oh, we're stacked down the middle. We have Damon Lankow, we have Craig Conrad, and we have Matt Lombardi. That's what I thought was stacked because like, that's how shitty center depth I'm used to. Right, so, yeah. yeah. I think that's the thing with Kadri that makes this such a slam dunk acquisition because I think it's easy, and I know I do this too. I'm like, oh, he's just Kachuk, but he plays center. It's like, well, he's not as good as Kachuk. He's not as good as play. He's He's not. He doesn't have the no, same impact yes. as Kachuk does, but no. the thing is he plays center and what that does to the rest of your lineup. And maybe just kind of like argue with myself on the last point I made about, okay, are you a worse team after losing the best line in hockey? I mean, there's another argument to be made that, okay, maybe being carried by one line was hurting this team a little bit. Now you kind of have a lot more depth. You can spread the wealth a little bit. Um, are you a better team because you have two really strong, two or three really strong lines now, as opposed to like two lines that you can rely on. Um, Right. So I think that's the big thing with Caudry is not only is he a center and he's a very good center, but where he bumps where Backlund and Lindholm now slot to, because that's been the issue with this team for freaking ever. Right. It's like, even when Monaghan was great, it was like, okay, he's not like an elite tier center. And then Backlund behind him, who, is still a really good player. Was never really an elite in terms of like actual two way. Like he's a great defensive center, but putting up points and you know mm-hmm. uh, s- scoring goals has always been a weakness of his. So when you have a combo of like okay, not a top tier one C, not a top tier two C, and then you got Mark Jankowski behind them, <laughs> who I actually like. I shouldn't be so hard on him. I don't mind Jankowski, <laughs> but that's always been the issue with this team, right? Absolutely. And I mean, I think that was made. Evident against the Oilers, even when it was like kind of okay, like Jaran was there, it was like the Oilers are playing eight guys and they're still whooping our ass. Yep. yeah yeah, that, that,
2: that was the big thing.
0: It's like how how are we not competing with them when they're literally ki- they're playing eight players and they're destroying us?
2: I don't, I don't know. And like you look at a guy like Sonny Milano who's still in free agency right now. Like, why, oh, why do the Flames not go after him right now? But, you got, you, you're going to have to move out a contract. I mean, who can you move out? You can. It's getting well, I, we,
0: obviously, like you were saying, to start this with one of the D-men, like, I, I feel like there's a Valamaki something. It feels like there's something cooking with Valimaki at some point.
2: Absolutely. And if you didn't sign Kevin Rooney...
0: Yeah, <laughs> you didn't give Kevin Rooney a premium.
2: Yeah, then you could sign Sonny Milano on this team, who has played up and down in Anaheim. They're a rebuilding team, but he's a great
0: player. And I mean, I think he brings something that was kind of addressed by acquiring Kadri too. That is left behind a huge hole by Gidro is the is the puck distribution element of all this because the Flames don't. <laughs> well, now they have Hubert Owen and Kadri to handle that load. But another guy who can get guys to puck because they do have like Toffoli, Monjapani. Lane yeah. home guys who can put the puck in the net, but if you know more guys who can take the puck to the neutral zone, although Mackenzie Weger should boost their, uh, transition game. Oh, a ton. Yeah, but yeah, I think like a guy like Rodriguez or Milano, I, uh, personally, this is my personal is Zach Aston Reese would be like perfect. Daryl Sutter guy. Because okay. part, part of me wants to go all in on the like pure defense, like, we are going to be the worst team in the world to play against. And like a third line of like backland with like, like a guy like Zach, Aston Reese. Come on. Group, that, would yeah. be, that would be brutal to play against when you're trying to create offense. It'd that be would. brutal. It'd be brutal to watch them try to score goals. Obviously <laughs> at the same time, it'd be sweet to see them shut other teams down because I think if, uh, talking about like high leverage lines, right? Like, cause what you have right now possibly is an elite scoring top line and an elite scoring second line.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and with Kadri, an elite scoring second line, if you had Coleman there that can also drive play, because this is the thing from the Tampa model that works so well, is you had an absolute monster third line of Coleman, Goudreau, and Yanni Gord. Yep. And what do the Flames always have a shitty in their fourth group is that third line like i said has always been like such a mismatch they don't really serve a function they're just kind of like the guys they don't have anywhere else to go but they don't want to play fourth line minutes because they're good players if you have really functional third line i think you could just you eat teams up a lot you could eat teams like the oilers who are maybe they're deeper than they've been in years and they just whooped our ass so i shouldn't shit talk them too much but (laughs) you could eat Teams who don't have depth up alive with like two the, the two top lines we have and then like an insane shutdown line if you if you added a guy like Zach Aston and Just saying he's perfect, Daryl guy.
2: For sure.
1: Yeah, if I just did a little bit of fun math on Cap friendly. Right now they have flames have 2.136 projected in cap space. Let's say you signed Ruziska to 800 ki I don't know what the holdup is on that. Yeah, where's poor negotiation by the way? Um and let's say you dish out Valimaki, you don't bring any more money back in in return. Do you have two point eight eight to work with? Like,
0: oh, frick, that's a ton in today's game. On the flip side of my Zach and reese great defensive player. What about Phil Kessel?
1: That yeah, okay. Hey, I actually, the more I thought, I'm thinking about that. Like the dude had fifty two points on the Coyotes. Like, no. Plus, like, come
0: on, you don't want to see Phil Kessel play here.
1: Dude, the memes—the memes of having a roster with Milan Lucic and Dude. Phil Kessel on the same team. Phil fill the thrill and Milan on the Dude. same
0: team. And the thing about Phil is he can still skate. He he can. So I I, I would get I would get him here. So like, come on, like
2: <laughs> playing
0: with Kadri Like, can you imagine if we won the Cup with Kessel and Kadri <laughs> Like, how butthurt <laughs> Leafs fans would be? It'd be amazing.
2: It would be oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, this
0: is why I could never be an NHL GM because like I'd make all my moves based on like, just fuck you to the just, Oilers just, and Leafs yes. fans.
2: Yeah, Literally.
0: <laughs> I just want to see who else UFAs here. What do we got? So Kessel, Michael Stone. All right, it's funny if, if you if you filter cap friendly if you filter free agents by points per game plate, <laughs> Michael yeah. Stone is uh, third in UFAs right now. <laughs>
2: That's
1: awesome.
0: Six points in eleven games this year. What a monster!
2: So no. you know, ha-
0: so you know. Okay, just but you just did the math. So you know, seven fifty or eight hundred is carved out to stone, probably yeah. right of that money. So True. yeah, <laughs> so your math subtract uh, stones contract. Um, Paul Stastny. I don't know. He's another left hand shot, and given that they just acquired Kadri, I mean, he's still. Pretty good player at 36, had 21 goals last year. Still, still a pretty responsible guy. Still can move, but I don't know if that's a fit. The rest um, are just kind of like typical Flames sign. Hey, here, I got one for you. Alex Chason. Oh
1: my God. Oh. Return
0: of oh. Alex Chason. No. No. It would be a package deal where Chason and Gulletson come back together. <laughs> Fuck, I hate those two guys. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> but, anyways, I yeah, I do still think they need. Somebody else, whether it's, I don't know if it would be Kessel. I, it'd be hilarious and awesome, I think, to see Kessel here. But um, I, I kind of, my hunch is like maybe Brad has another trade he's working on. Because like you said, those defensemen, like what are they going to do with that?
1: Yeah, like you're going to have to do something or else you're risking either losing Connor Mackey, yeah. Valamackey, or one of Malosh um let's go with like dennis gilbert getting a one-way deal was interesting to me because i was mm-hmm. like like what because it's yeah. a good term too like he signed a two-year deal um, yeah so yeah so the guys that are on one-way deals that aren't immediately just you know rounding out your core that's valamackie connor Mackey, nicholas maloch dennis gilbert like you're gonna have to and that's not counting the six that are available. Like you're gonna. Where does have-
0: Brad find these guys? Like honestly. <laughs> who the fuck is Nicholas Milosh? <laughs> I guess I don't I don't watch enough the hockey outside of the flames to know. So
2: I think he came from San Jose.
0: Was he yeah. in San Jose or who's the Montreal? Is Gilbert the Montreal guy?
1: Yeah. Gilbert was in Montreal, Malosh was in San Jose. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but it feels like there's gotta be and again, I know I don't know, not that there's gotta be, because Brad does like having the infinity gauntlet of defensemen, so and and honestly, like I'm I I don't know. Where are you guys at with Valamaki? Are you still wary that it's like, hey, you gave up too soon?
2: I I, I mean don't you know. should
0: have traded him for Mark Stone, like
2: Yeah, you should have. Um I I really don't see like anything coming to fruition in valamaki I think he's kind of fallen off the rails especially with like all the in-game antics that we've seen from him since his injury he's just become became like kind of a hothead
0: didn't he who did he hit so bad last year was it a sutter i i'm didn't not he sure get suspended i'm pretty sure he nailed he punched a ref
1: oh, yeah he? And he punched a ref like mid. and have
0: you seen that guy's freaking facial hair that's yes. That enough. That alone is enough to trade him. <laughs> he looks like Shme- his. He looks like schmiegel at this point, but with a beard, it's brutal.
2: Send him to the Islanders, so they. He has to. He looks it. like
0: if you guys watch. It's always sunny. He looks like Rickety Cricket from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's just like the worst beard. Like I make fun of McDavid's neck beard. Like I can't say shit when Val Mackie's on our team. Like, that guy <laughs> has like the worst chin beard I've ever seen.
1: It's like beach looks ex- overextended so fuzz. bad. Like it's just uh
0: But I yeah, I don't know. It feels like a trade might be an easier way to acquire the kind of player you want to get. Um but we'll see. Like I, I know people have kind of like been throwing out the like, hey, go for it, trade like Hannafin for a top six guy, but I don't think I'm into that. Um
2: yeah. We well we talked about that on a video, kind of. Yeah, we um, were doing like a cat-friendly
1: trade proposals. This one, this one submission was like Hannafin for Nylander, one for one. I um, mean,
0: I I do that all day, but I would yeah,
1: like on paper you do that all day, but but it's also think, yeah.
0: The thing of, about Hannafin, though is like it's kind of he's a weird guy where it's like I don't know if he's underrated. My gut tells me he's super overrated by Flames fans, but then it's also like hey, he might be underrated. I can't quite figure it out. Because for a long time, I was not sold on him until he had a really good bubble year once Daryl showed up. And he, yeah. was off, he was very good last year, but sucked in the playoffs. I just, I can't get a read on Hannafin. But the thing about him is like, even if he's not great, he's he's a top four defenseman who is super cost controlled. So I kind of feel like he's more valuable on the team than off it, unless you can really get a good player. Um, yeah. So I, I'd be more inclined to keep Hannafin, even though I'm I'm more of a Hannafin skeptic than most.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. And the only thing with Hannafin for me is he was supposed to have a lot more offensive upside than what he's shown here in Calgary. Right. Um, he's like he's a very good two-way defenseman. He didn't make many mistakes until the playoffs. And but like he always had that extra Step that he was supposed to take, and he hasn't yeah. taken so, that. Yeah, place. that's a
0: very, that's a yeah. great way to put it. Cause that's always kind of what I've been with. People are like, oh, he's only 22. He's only 23. He's yes. only 24. Yeah. I'm like, hey, he's not getting there. And I think he did get to a next level last year. I think a lot of that has to do with not having a fucking moron as a coach for once in his <laughs> career. Like, who True. has he been coached by? Bill Peters, Bill uh, Peters, Bill Peters Jeff and Ward. Jeff Ward. Yeah. yeah. Good luck having success in your NHL career with that. <laughs> hey coach I'm looking for some tips on my game oh no you just want to what playlist do you want I don't worry about your skating or defensive coverage or your skill set I just want to make sure you're having fun at the rink
1: like, so could you still Razzie to bring out the beach balls we don't have them on the ice right now I can't believe they had beach balls on the ice like what that's a joke. see that's like, my
0: favorite thing that's my favorite thing of all this is the media was eating that up
1: oh Jeff Ford he's
2: such a player's coach oh the guys love him
0: Oh but what a culture shift. And Daryl gets in he's like, This is what a joke this is.
2: Yeah. What did F- I walk into? I it's know. like a
0: preschool. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a freaking calculus teacher walking into like a second grade math with like literal adults trying to do two plus two. And it's like, oh <laughs> the Lord, this is brutal. <clears throat> but yeah, I think I think he, I'd be inclined to keep Hanifin, even though I I don't think he's gonna be like a superstar defenseman i think he's just a cost-controlled guy who you know you're going to get of and um you just uh, now that we have Uyghur i'm much i'm much happier with hannifin because that was kind of one of my issues last year it was like as good as rast and hannifin were that playoff I, the playoffs exposed why they probably shouldn't be your top parent
2: yeah That's, even yeah. though
0: they were they were phenomenal during the year like his shot impacts he, he was his defensive game has grown by leaps and bounds in the past three years. So uh, I, think he, I think he was good, but when he's up against top-notch guys and McDavid's making him look like a fool, you're just like God. Like man, we need a, we need we if need we some- don't have somebody above him, we need somebody below him who's better at least.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Matthew Coronado's World Juniors was Ooh. pain. Like yeah. the kid's a tank. I I love him already.
0: Oh, he's a beast! I love like it's crazy how quickly you fall in love with guys, right? Because that's all I was thinking when Johnny left was, "Don't have anybody to love." I'm like, "Frick, I love half the team now again." Um, (laughs) Yeah, he looked great. He he's gonna be a stud. Uh, I just can't wait for that poor son of a bitch's first press conference. And Uh, hey, Matthew, so you're not from Canada? Uh, Are you gonna when are you gonna leave to go home? I love how he gets first dibs on freaking everything now it's like because he was like accidentally correct about johnny Gaudreau leaving it's like he thinks he freaking owns the city now <laughs> just brutal sorry i'm turning the matt coronado discussion into an eric francis
2: discussion but... <laughs> like
1: no and i facetimed just before this where i was like i can't wait for it to be like march 28th and coronado yeah. signs and he's already francis's new punching bag oh but,
2: dude like just it's, it's gonna happen everybody knows that it's gonna happen
0: well, see, and that's the thing. He started this whole shit with Goudreau too, like way back in the day. It was like, yeah. he just starts these random fires and like the whole fan base is freaked out for 10 years. It's like, we didn't even enjoy Johnny Goudreau because everyone was freaked out that he was going to leave because dipshit McGee wrote it in the Calgary Sun one day. Um, but I mean, the the thing is with a call, I, I don't even think it's that he's like necessarily an American and like we just lost Johnny Goudreau in a totally different situation. And the thing like everyone's always oh, going to Adam Fox is like Adam Fox was like a totally different situation. Like there's a reason Adam Fox didn't go her- earlier in the draft. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was pretty well known that he was kind of a deck and was going to uh, handpick his destination. Yeah. Like if he <laughs> obviously somebody would have picked him higher, I think, but not too worried about Coronado until something happens. And you're always kind of worried about it. When the college players doing that, because they very much have the right to do something like Adam Fox did totally Mm -hmm. something they can do. But I mean, team USA would have been creamed without this guy. Apparently he like, he was their best player.
1: They literally went undefeated in group stage and then rolled over against it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's Uh, just,
0: You can't. The thing is, with all the American guys, I've always found myself cheering for Team like Americans a lot more in World like Olympics and stuff. But when Mesa, (laughs) until the gold medal game last night, and then like my full Canadian came out, and I was like losing my mind. (laughs) But I think who did Byron did he throw up? Bader threw up a uh, comparable to Coronado, did he?
1: Yeah, it's Cole Caulfield. Basically, yeah, that's right. I have a piece on that actually being posted tomorrow. I oh, just sweet! Just wrote it like before I hopped on this. Um, yeah, but Bader compared his development path to Cole Caulfield, and like you look at Caulfield's freshman year, you look at Coronado's freshman year. Coronado's point per game rate was actually higher than Caulfield's um, at Harvard. If he Takes another step in his development. He's already like grown out his frame and oh, dude, he's huge like, now. Yeah, dude he looks, looks
0: freaking big. jacked. He looks
2: big. Yeah,
1: he really like that was one of the first standouts when I think mean, it was Ray Edwards went and like checked in on him. It was like, oh shit, like this kid got beefier. All right. Um, and I think the most, I guess, ideal pathway for Coronado would be to have a like what Byron Bader said, like a similar pathway like Cole Caulfield in that he comes in, absolutely goes off in his sophomore year. Does he win the Hobie Baker? I don't know. We'll see. But realistically, like in terms of timeframe, their ECAC playoffs from March 4th to March 19th, and then they've got regionals from the 23rd to 26th, like NCAA wide. And Harvard isn't that stacked. So their season's probably going to be over during regionals. So that means, let's say he were to ink a deal after regionals are you know closed off, and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to turn pro." There's really yeah, two, he- path- like, there's two pathways here. There's either he comes right in, plays with the Flames, or straight up goes down, plays top minutes with the Wranglers, and then joins them for their playoff run. Like it's one of two scenarios here. I think the Caulfield comparable is really, really good. Obviously, Coronado has a much bigger frame than Cole Caulfield, but dude, like I was so
0: impressed because like I, I hadn't I haven't had a chance to watch a lot of hockey that's not Flames this year. Just watching, him like, like you said, not only is he big, the dude's a freaking beast on the puck. Like when they when they drafted him, I was like, hey, he's like Johnny Gaudreau, but he's a sniper. But now it's like he's a Manchupani who's like bigger and like uses his frame even better. Like, dude, looked great. That patience
2: yeah. play where he held it and outweighed the goaltender, Ugh. like that was, yeah, that was a sick move, right? Well, like, yeah, even
0: t- even talk about like organizational need. Not that it's a thing you should draft, you know, not not something you pr- prioritize. But I mean, like we haven't had a a, a right-handed freaking sniper since Romaninla. Not to put any comparable out there, but it's just like that's something this team needs really badly right now, and it's just fucking amazing we have it in the pipeline possibly. Dude looks like a freaking movie star, like especially now that he's beefed up. He looks like just for, like Jared Leto or something, except not skinny and weird. But yeah, I'm stoked. I It would be sweet if he played a few games like frick, dude. Can he, okay, let's say he kills it and the Flames have a bunch of injuries. We're heading into the playoffs and like he comes in and freaking saves the day and is awesome. That's. Yeah. That's way too ridiculous a scenario, but
2: scores the next game seven. Yes, over. yeah. Oh
0: my God. <laughs> I have my. I can't wait till I get to buy the Cor- Coronado jersey.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a good day.
1: Yeah. the The hype for Coronado is evidently justified. Like, there's nothing that looks like a deterrent at this stage, which is insane. That really, really shitty North Division season. We're gonna walk out with Daryl. <laughs> Their head coach <laughs> and Matthew Coronado in our pipe was worth it, worth it,
2: yeah, absolutely. I don't know,
0: that was too well. The fact they got Daryl, yeah, it worth it. it because the bubble year, the worst possible year for them to be good would have been the bubble year. So, you know what? Hey, we all owe Jeff Ward a big thanks <laughs> for Matt Coronado. Actually, that's a really good point.
1: Let's talk about the power play a little bit. Hey, Mackenzie Wieger, he's probably going to be our. Key qbs you know i mean he didn't have much power play time in florida last season and that's probably why their power play sucked for a very long time but um let's let's get into this one i guess
0: well the thing about the flames power play this piss me like multiple things piss me off about the flames power play um but to me the static attack is number one like it's like hey johnny just stand on the half wall and uh see if somebody gets open okay yeah great it's so one-dimensional my worry is they're going to try to do that again at Huberto and just like, hey, you just go out there, be creative, figure something out. Um, I never really liked Rass on the point, even though he did put up some great point totals. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, compared to everybody else, I think he was the best choice there. But to me being... When you're playing the point on the power play or anywhere on the power play, you still need to, if you want to be a legitimate threat you need to have a legitimate threat to shoot and that's one thing rass never seemed to be able to figure out it's like he I don't think he was a great puck distributor from there either but he's like when he gets the chance to shoot he's like on one leg like at the farthest point in the blue line yeah it's just you not that you should be funneling a lot through the point um on a power play you don't want to be just garbage lobbing shots in but you still need that threat there and the other thing is too like geo used to do this really well is he would the flames do this thing where geo would like they'd press in, they'd get closer, right? Like they'd start collapsing in closer to the net with each play as the puck was moving around and geo would sneak closer and closer. a lot of good power plays do this. And then by the time you're so close and you can just have a one-time option there at the point, you just blast it in the net and it's like guaranteed to go in. That's something the flames never seem to do. They don't seem to create space from anywhere on the ice on the power play. Um, And I, I know they had a decent power play, but it was never as dangerous as it needed to be. It was never like Oilers level where it's like, yay, they're going to score right now. Yeah, so, like if you take
2: a penalty, you know you're screwed.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah. I think I think Weger is, to me, a perfect guy there because he's a great puck distributor. He's a great puck mover. He's, he's super smart. I think having a right-hand shot there, who's not Rasmus Anderson, is a slam dunk. Um, otherwise, I hope they just kind of, you know, Adapt some new philosophies and change things up a bit, because the freaking Johnny gets your girl on the half wall, and then trying to do the low high play that works every once in a while isn't cutting it for me anymore.
2: No. And one thing that I was, well, I guess not really worried, but curious with is going to be their entries, because um, yeah. it was always that drop pass to Johnny, right? Like yeah. that was that would happen every single time on an entry. Do the Flames? Still have that guy for a drop pass, or are they yeah. gonna look at a different way I think to get Huberto? That pass?
0: I feel like Huberto will take on that role for sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he'll be really good at it, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be excellent at it. Um, I, I still think when you have one of the best rush players in the game, in Huberto entering with like a drop back like that is probably the best way to go, right? Um, so I feel like Huberto will take. He'll take on most of the responsibility left behind by Johnny Gidreau in terms of moving the pucks to the neutral zone and on the power play. But I don't know. I, I just I can't quite put my finger on why the Flames power play is never as good as it should be. Other than that, it seems like they stick to like two set plays when I feel like power plays are all about movement and creating space. Like, you watch the Oilers power play, and it's like a freaking hurricane out there. It's just like the puck is all over the ice, it's moving yes. everywhere. And then all of a sudden, Dry Saddle is wide open with like the most empty net you've ever seen in your life. And yeah. like, here's how the Flames do it. Okay, Rasmus is going to lob one in, or Kachuk's going to go between his legs for the 900th time <laughs> and miss, or Johnny's going to find Lindholm in the slot. And that's kind of it. And yeah. it gets really frustrating a lot of times. Like I don't know, what was their power play? I think they had, a per- in terms of percentage, they had a good power play. And that's oh, when I sometimes I yeah. feel like I'm talking out of my ass about their power play because I complain about it so much. Because I it's, think it was good, and I mean, even if you look at their team metrics, I feel like the expected goals and like the chances were there. But when you're watching it, it's just like it, it's never dangerous enough. Yeah. It's going to look real I, quick. I, feel like, enough, I, I, I feel like it was
2: like a top 10 power play last year.
0: It definitely was percentage-wise, right? Yeah, Must have been. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotta look right now, or I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, see, like, yeah, it was. It was pretty good.
2: Twenty-two point nine.
0: I'm looking at it isolated on evolving hockey right now, compared to the rest of the league. Okay. Um, adjusted like the, the adjusted plus-minus, and I mean, yeah. it's pretty good in terms of expected goal rates. A lot of, a lot more shot volume, so just like shooting for rebounds and stuff. So see, I can't complain too much, but I also feel like I can being somebody who watches the games like ten times and it just never came through with a big goal, right? That's the problem. Yeah. That's what to me, that's what the power play is for. It yeah, needs, it it's- needs to be it needs to be during the regular season, it's fine. It's it's fine to go with the process of our process on the power play is working. And if we work at it long enough, it'll it'll come through, you know, mm-hmm. and have like all those underlying metrics. It's like, the, yes, they are creating chances. They are creating a lot of rebounds. They're creating tip chances, deflections. But to me, when you're in the playoffs and you need a goal, that's when like the the process, keep, keep with it, keep going. That's when that all goes out the window. And it's like, we need a goal right now. And the power play is not deadly enough.
1: Ideally, who would who would the five guys be? I'd say Huberto Lindholm, Cadre, Mon, oh. Eager.
0: You forgetting we have Kadri. Like, yeah, right. Like, that's oh,
1: yeah. like, to me, yeah. that's a perfect on paper deployment. But like,
0: <laughs> I think that works great. Obviously, Huberto and Lindholm are going to be there. Yeah, those are your those are probably your five best offensive players. So yeah. <laughs> And just uh, yeah. don't don't think about what unit two is going to look like, and you'll yeah,
1: be no. fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. Well, that's
0: oh. the other thing that kind of bugs me about the way Darryl runs the power play, too. <laughs> this is my one pet peeve. And I get it. I get that it, he he's like a merit-based guy. And it's like, hey, if you're going to dick around on the power play, you're not going to play. Like, your shift's going to be cut short. But I think many times this year, it's like that top unit was out there, had like, a, like one bad 30 seconds, and then they were off. For The second unit, which is Lucic, is on it usually
2: backlinks yeah. on it. it like, like, you're saying the second unit's bad, it was bad last year. Like, did the second unit even score a power play goal last year? I feel like
0: Manji was on it for a while and scored some goals, so he <laughs> earned his way onto the top unit.
2: Yeah, um, it was horrible.
0: Yeah, it was brutal. It, it like, was so bad. Would,
2: the first minute would be the the first unit and yeah. as soon as that minute was over, you were just pretty much convinced that we weren't scoring on this power play.
0: So I'm a big fan of the like let your top guys play the full almost like play the full two minutes. It's not it's not exhausting, it's not exerting. Yeah. You're not gonna get tired. Like McDavid plays the full two minutes every <laughs> yes. power play, and so does Tricytal. And it's like, oh, I wonder why they have the best power play in the league. <laughs> it's crazy.
1: Yeah. Honestly.
0: Unless you put Tofoley in there somewhere, I'm just trying to think of shots because that's oh no Lindholm's right hand shot. So yeah, so then second unit would be what Backlund, Coleman, Tofoley. Eh, that's okay, I guess. And then like
2: and probably two defensemen.
0: Like I mean, the fact that Mike Stone like was was he does he score some power? I feel like those clappers at the end of the year were powerful. I mean, like, the fact you're relying on him to blast it in is like come on, it's like. You can- <laughs> but yeah, I I have issues with the Flames' power play. That might just be in my mind, but I feel like I feel like collectively, I feel like the metrics are lying to us, guys. honestly, what's here's I enjoyed watching the Flames' penalty kill this year more than I w- enjoyed watching the power play. Not only because I didn't like the power play, but because the penalty kill was amazing. Like there's a shift in the Dallas game seven where they're down two um, <coughs> one before Kachuk ties it and Trevor Lewis has the shift, the penalty kill. I think it was Lewis and Coleman had the penalty kill of a lifetime. It was like my fi- one of my favorite random highlights of the year was a penalty kill in Game 7 against Dallas. It was crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess season expectations and division predictions. Where are you at? How do
0: you do this? Like, how do you know Vegas sucks all of a sudden, right? Yeah. Like, what? Like, I, I honestly, I know they have Eichel and Stone and Marshall's own Carlson. I can't. And Petrangelo, I don't know who else is on their team anymore because I'm I've lost track. So I I think I think the Flames are benefiting from being in still a shitty division. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. because like even if San Jose is better, they're not gonna make the playoffs. Even if Anaheim is better, I don't see how they make the playoffs. LA still is a pretty good team. I like LA. Mm-hmm. I like LA last year. They were kind of like on my dark horse pick, but I felt like they were going to su- surprise some people because Philip Deneau is so underrated. I like the Arvidsson trade. Yeah. And Fiella too. Holy.
2: Yeah. yeah they're yeah. going to be good.
0: Yeah. So I, I feel like it's probably going to shake down similarly as it did last year where it's like Calgary and Edmonton. No, I don't know if they're the teams to beat. Edmonton's the team to beat, even though they're not. Because I like,
2: agree with you there. Yeah, my,
0: my my fingers crossed prediction is that they fall flat on their face. Um, I just feel like every for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction and the Oilers beating us in a playoff round means they're gonna just like face plant again. Because you know it's funny, somebody posted the other day five the the last time every team has been in the top five in the standings, the last year, the Oilers haven't been in the top five in the standings since nineteen ninety. And they give us shit. Can you believe these losers? it's like oh we beat you in a playoff round it's like yeah you had five first overall picks you dipshits literally we had Sam Bennett and we had to trade him for like a second round pick <laughs> we don't even have <laughs> yeah we don't even have him anymore and yeah. Sean Monaghan yeah thanks it's Sean Monaghan like, yeah. uh. we, ma- we managed to make the playoffs with no first round With we, our best player was a fourth round pick like get out of here I feel like Edmonton I don't know where I'm at with them. My, my flames gut tells me that people are way overrating them. I don't know. They were good under Woodcraft. I know the Oilers fans love that guy, but I'm like, he's what a goof. Yeah, like, he actually looks like a fucking cartoon character. Okay? <laughs> like he literally looks like somebody drew a caricature of the actual guy. And it's like, that's yes. your coach. And exactly. I mean, they have Glenn Gulletson as their assistant. There's only so far you can get with Glenn Gulletson. Yeah, um, there's
2: no way you can win a cup if Glenn Gulliton is anywhere near your organization.
0: Right? I, anytime I see him drawn up plays, I'm like, I know your, your it's, game's it's over like guys. Sorry.
2: You need a goal and Glenn You're not doing it.
0: <laughs> but I feel like they are still the team to beat because as much as I like to shit on them, they did address their big, biggest weakness, which was Mike Smith. Um, because he's got to be responsible for at least like half their losses. Single handedly. But then on the other side of it, it's like you watch them play, right? And he was bailing them out a lot in the playoff. Like, he was great. Well, except for some, when he was some, some games. That's exactly, yeah. that's Mike Smith. He's great until he's not. Exactly. So I, I don't know if that's as much an upgrade as maybe I think it is. I feel like they have more stability, but I don't know, like that defense still sucks.
2: It does. But also, Connor, know. David, and me, To me, Drexler, to me they're, like, they're
0: not really on my radar until playoffs. It's like I could see them... I don't. I don't even know if they need to have a good regular season to be a threat in the West because it's like I, they're not really to me a team that's built for the regular season, anyways. Like you saw how McDavid just literally single handedly torched us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like how many
0: points? How many points did Dreisaitl have in that series? Didn't he have like seventeen points or five games or something insane? It was a lot. It was ridiculous. It was, yeah. Like how do you even? How do you? What do you do against that? <laughs> like like, it's the not right left even. Left it's not even fair.
2: And he was so, playing on like an injured foot. Yeah. too. yeah.
0: So yeah. like, I don't know. To me, I the Oilers don't scare me until the playoffs, which is when it matters. So I guess they do scare me. Um, the fact we have improved our defense tremendously does make me feel like we could beat them in a in a series this year. Because that's the other thing. This that series was so weird, right?
1: It was, it was weird.
0: Like it felt, it felt like it felt like we should have, we deserved better, but also we didn't. At the same time, it was like we never really played our game, but every game was tied, and Markstrom was terrible, and the yes. big guys didn't come through, and needed of them too. So, I don't know. I I feel like it's the Flames, and the Flames should be right back on track. Maybe some growing pains, and it takes a few weeks to kind of like. I could see them maybe struggling off the hop a little bit with everybody new. But, I mean, yeah. Daryl's like, it's a well-oiled machine under Daryl right now as most everybody else. So, I feel like Calgary and Edmonton are locks to make the playoffs. And then the wild card and all this is if is Vegas is terrible again. And I have no clue. Yeah. Like, I feel like they should be great. Like, a full season of Jack Heigl. I don't know.
2: No, yeah, absolutely.
0: <sighs> I mean, Vancouver, they'll be better than last year, probably with full year of Boudreaux. Their defense is still god awful, so it's I think they're I think they're paying more for their d core than we are for ours. I I have to confirm that, but I'm like pretty sure that's true.
1: I will check that right now.
0: They have like 25 million allocated to their Tyler Myers and uh, oh. who else? I guess they don't have Hammock anymore. Yeah, yeah. So we're bare. So our d core comes up to about 25 mil. Their d core comes up to 24 mil.
1: Yeah. Oh we're, my god. We're one less body listed on cap friendly.
0: So they're paying freaking Ekman Larson and Myers. Like freaking Tyler Myers makes more this year than Jonathan Huberto. That is crazy. Oliver Ekman Larson makes more than Nazem Kadri. Oh man. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't know. The Flames the Flames are going to benefit from being in a crappy division again, but at the same time if we're going to get anywhere in the playoffs, we have to probably get through the Oilers. And, I mean, okay, Vegas, unpredictable. Vegas in the playoffs is another animal, right? Like, Daryl, Vegas is a team Daryl talks about a lot in terms Mm -hmm. of, like, the way they play and the, the personnel they have and how you win in the playoffs. Like, they still have some big boys over there who play tough hockey and tough playoff hockey and have been through it, so... Even though the division is weak, getting through the Oilers or Vegas will be tough. But the thing that gives me confidence is that the Flames, as much as Gadron Chuck are amazing players, and I don't really buy that they sucked in the playoffs thing. I do think Kadri, Huberto, and Wegar do help you win a series against the Oilers, don't you guys?
1: Yeah, I I, agree. Yeah, I agree. I I can't wait to see Kadri go after Kane. I can't
0: wait to see Kadri go after Connor. See, this is this is what I like about Coadry. He's gonna go after Connor. Not he's not gonna do like Kachuk mind games, but he's gonna be all over.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: In a way that, like, okay, I love Johnny Joe to death, but it's like in the in the highly contested games against the Oilers, like that—that that was the one thing I think we can agree was maybe a weakness about Johnny. When the when the level of play ramped up for the most part, he struggled. Yeah. When it was like, okay, you're playing, you're going head to head against Connor McDavid. And it's like the best hockey in the entire world. And it's round two of the playoffs. I still think he was really good. But at the end of the day, results matter the most. And he couldn't find a way to get it done. I feel like Kadri and Huberto might be up to the task. And Weger, also. Big. (laughs) Because that's the other thing, too, is right. As much as we talk about the Gaudreau line who got eaten alive by the. McDavid line in the playoffs and if in Anderson got smoked.
2: True. Yeah. They got
0: throwing weaker and Tanev out against McDavid gives me a lot more confidence. So if I had to, if I just had to give a brief overview, it's like it's flames Oilers tier one of like teams that should be probably will make the playoffs and be, uh, vying for the division title and then Vegas is a question mark and then I feel like it won't be much different than last year, but maybe LA and Vancouver fight it out a little bit more. But you never never forget that we have Daryl Sutter and that's the that's the Trump card in all this. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like yeah, I mean, I was throwing around, I'm like, people are wondering, like, what jersey to get and stuff. I'm probably going to get Kadri just because I'm Lebanese and he's Lebanese, because why not? I feel like I'm legally obligated to do that. Um, and then I was thinking, like, on the reverse retro, I'll get Sutter. Like, No, totally. Sutter 27. At the no,
0: point. that's not what you said. It wasn't Sutter 27.
1: Was it Sutter 27? No, no.
0: I think it was Sutter 69. I'm pretty sure.
1: Ah, there we go. (laughs) Nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You tried to weasel weasel out of that one. I knew. That
1: is easily the best segment we've recorded since we started this channel. Like that little (laughs) snippet right there. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, last thing on the Pacific Division is like, I'll always turn this into an Oilers thing. It's like, we have to beat their ass this year if we play them in the playoffs because that was the worst experience of my life was losing oh, them in five games and watching it on Sportsnet net and what like, because if it, it, we were pretty much relegated to, and I mean, thank God for Cale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon for putting Connor McDavid in his rightful place, but everybody in the entire world was just like wanting Connor McDavid to just destroy us. And he did. he did but everybody wanted it and it happened it felt like the flames were just like a freaking appetizer like we're fodder for mcdavid to like go in his grand freaking first stanley cup run it's like that's what we're going to be relegated to here that's what what we are as a franchise now freaking teaser for mcdavid to like be the best player in the entire world of all time it's like kill me kill me right now if that's what the calgary flames are because you know what like i didn't live through it but that's pretty much what the 80s were Oh, absolutely. Oh, the Flames are a great team. Oh, yeah. There you have Gretzky. Yeah. Oh, and they've won four Stanley Cups. Oh, that's fun. So
1: think about how many cups the Flames would have won in the 80s if Gretzky wasn't with the Edmonton Oilers.
0: Dude, it's ridiculous. Like, you look at those teams and the guy, like Al McInnes, like, alone, like, Joe Mullen, Al McKinnis, Joe New and their team was their teams were stacked. Doug Gilmore, heel yeah. foot. Like it was just it was mind-boggling how stacked the flames were. But they yeah. had to play the Oilers every freaking year. Ridiculous. And then when they didn't, they choked. So that sounds about par for the course, too. So but all I'm saying is like I can't stand another year. This is why, again, I Brad, keep going. Because we need to come back because right now we're probably maybe we're a little bit better on like, I don't know if we're better on paper or better in some areas, better on the blue line for sure. Better down the middle for sure. Overall, maybe we're not quite as good, but you need to be better than last year, like significantly better, better. by a yeah. huge margin because you don't want to be fodder for the Edmonton Oilers in round one or two of the playoffs. You want to come back nuclear and kill them.
2: Yeah. Because if I have to
0: see Ron McLean read one more poem, Oh my God. About like the city of Edmonton or something and cry on national TV when Blake Coleman scores a perfectly legal goal. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure he was in, like, it's the Stanley Cup final. It was like game three or something. And he's talking about how brave Drysidal is. It's like, what? I'm watching the Colorado Lightning series and he's talking about how brave Leon Drysidal is, like crying about it. So. For me, I'm like freaking on a sole mission to crush the Oilers this year if I'm Brad Shea living. That's all I'm thinking about. That's all I'm doing. He's just like, he's Thanos collecting the infinity rings with the sole purpose of like snapping the Edmonton Oilers franchise out of existence forever.
2: (laughs) I love it. Yeah. How about we talk about Cole Schwint a little bit? Sure.
0: Sure. What, as long what, as there's what? no simping about his girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'll say that again.
1: <laughs> like,
0: as long, let of- me say that again. There's no. Sim- I don't even know who this chick is. Like, okay, I'm a little older than you guys, so like I'm behind on internet culture. But like, I'm in this group chat with some of you guys on Instagram. I swear to God, I have to come in and be like, Daddy Mike, and be like, guys, stop. This is embarrassing. They're like simping over overtime Megan all the time. <laughs> this is embarrassing, you guys.
2: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Cole Schwinn, I keep forgetting we got him in this trade. Seems yeah. like a bit of a stud, too. Um, but hey. before we talk about him, one more time, stop simping over his girlfriend, Flames fans. <laughs> it's, it's not cool.
1: Um. Yeah, like, he had a 40-point season. Uh, he was ranked seventh among twenty-year-old rookie forwards, and he was that was only behind five first-rounders. One of them including Jacob Peltier Um, the other was a second-round pick. We had a segment talking about him, just Noah and I. But like, like he isn't the flashiest, but like he gets the job done. Like he's a pretty, he excels in the phys, like on the physical side, two-way side. He's excellent on both ends of the ice. Um, he has like, a real solid ability to slow the game down, like, with his hockey IQ. Um, he's always on the forecheck. He's one of the most reliable, I think, like, I don't know how he wasn't Florida's, like, the Q, I, in my opinion, he was Florida's best prospect. Like, with the fact that they, like, dealt guys like Tippett and whatnot earlier. Right. Um Like, Cole Schwinn, yeah, third-round pick, but when you're half a point per game in – over half point per game in the American Hockey League in your rookie year. Um, I don't really think that that's something to just gloss over.
2: No, yeah. I'm excited to see what he could become, right? like <clears throat> It's yeah. one of those guys that does have quite a bit of upside that nobody's well, yeah, since, talked about.
0: Yeah. Exactly. There's one more guy in the system who has tons of upside. And I mean, if I'm giving Brad credit for uh, another thing, is he has shown an ability and a willingness to bring guys in to the system with offensive upside for sure. Yeah. Uh, Even if they're small, I know Schwint's not small, but like, it's just been focusing on upside and uh, potential in terms of the offensive side Mm -hmm. of the game has been something Brad is focused on, which is like fucking a, because like in my era, Daryl Sutter was drafting like Chris Chucko and Greg Nemish and shit and guys who never played. So, um, right. Yeah. He's going to play with the Wranglers this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's gonna be sweet to be able to see some of these guys live this year.
2: And that Ooh. it's gonna be so cool to be Which, able to go yeah. to and watch. And it, yeah.
0: It's so awesome because like I, I I always joke about like the prospects, um, how people kind of like talk about what prospects like you've never seen this guy play? Like, oh, he's such a good skater. Oh, his puck, his edge work is so good. It's like, I guarantee you just saw somebody tweet that and they're like, oh, yeah, his edge work is real good. He's such a good player. Um, so I'm stoked to see some of these guys play in, in real life. It's going to be really fun because unless you have time on your hands to watch AHL games, which I usually don't, um, it's hard to keep up with the. I don't know if I like that name, Wranglers, now that like, it doesn't roll off the tongue. I keep wanting to say Heat. It's kind of cool, I guess, because like Mike Vernon was a Wrangler, but it sounds all—it sounds like a made-up word. Like is a is i guess—is that even a word, Wrangler? What is that? Like I know there's like jeans called Wranglers.
2: Yeah, there's like Wrangler jeans. This
0: is terrible. We gotta find the etymology of Wranglers here.
2: It's a cowboy. Word. It's a Jeep.
0: Yeah. It's
2: a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah.
0: Get out of here with this cowboy nonsense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, dude, I put a
0: downer on this discussion. Well, okay. <laughs> because oh, every really, time I say it I'm like wranglers what the fuck is a wrangler
1: <laughs> like if you look it up it's straight up it's like from the Oxford dictionary it says it is a noun a person in charge of horses or other livestock on a ranch the yeah I should know that seller, As
0: a, I, see I grew up I've, I'm farm and I don't even know that I word see. so it's, I don't like it <laughs> Um, I don't know, but Pelche, you brought up Pelche. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see him possible. I don't know. Like I feel like people are penciling him in, myself included. Yeah. I'm not sure we should be doing that just yet. Because, I mean, he is still really young. But I do think he might have a shot this year. And, boy, would it be a breath of fresh air.
2: I, I think so, too. If Pelche made the team this year, that would be such a big step. Like for the flames in general to finally have like a prospect step into this team and have a full-time role.
0: I think that's a good point because that's something you hear a lot, right? Oh, the flames have an underrated prospect pool or like, yeah, they've got a lot of good guys. It's like, but until you see it actualize into an NHL role that they can carve out, it's kind of like, well, I don't know. Can I like, sure. We can look at their numbers in junior and in, other leagues but until they you know show up in the nhl and show what they can do it's hard to say oh yeah they have a great prospect pool because we haven't there's no return on investment yet so i think Pelchi. i don't know based on everything i've seen the dude looks like a a beast like i i would love to see this kid and you know what like that's what the flames need not even just like in terms of like something interesting to watch but something that would really help this roster Is somebody coming into camp and blowing the doors off and being a huge part of this team on an entry level contract. Yeah. That would help tremendously.
2: And yeah, bolster that third line a little bit, right? Like
0: Oh, totally. (laughs) And I mean that's another thing I like about Backlund being in that role is you could put a guy like Pelche there. And if it wasn't you could have him with a guy who can hold his own and can you know like backlink can do and can push the puck up the other way you he wouldn't be in a position where he's playing with somebody like monahan who sucks and he's getting eaten alive all night sorry sean i I love you but you you have sucked um but i think the other thing too that would be i think maybe kind of key for a guy like Pelche is like there's so much other shit going on this year like we're, who's opening night like what are you most excited to see codry huberto wager all this different stuff like yeah. no it, he, the everything. pressure for him it wouldn't be like all the spotlight all oh, this this kid is making the, the flames and i mean as much right. as i'd like to see Pelche make the team i would still love to see matt phillips get a shot at some point because he's one of my favorites and i know he's not daryl sutter's prototypical player but yeah it would be it would be my dream is for matt phillips to come into the training camp and like go off blow the doors off and Make it impossible for this team to cut him and just freaking light it up this year. That'd be amazing.
2: <laughs> I, I still remember you guys talking about Phillips on your podcast back in the oh, bubble. Year. So small, though. It's, yeah, he is. He's got <laughs> seven, but he is a guy that's super skilled, right? Like, he's a super talented player. Well, um, you know what? Like, how how tall is he? Five? Like, how tall is
1: he? He's, he's, he's as tall as it, right? Uh, Probably he's probably Brinket, close brinkett has i think yeah i know they're the same height
2: they're the I same mean, height the yeah. brinkett's a
0: tank but
2: how much does the Brinket weigh though
0: yeah i feel like he weighs a lot more like matt phillips like is 100 and what
2: uh,
0: dude literally looks like he's 130 pounds
2: he's 140 yeah,
1: oh. DeBrincat's it, one sixty five. So yeah, that's yeah, definitely a huge difference there.
0: So I don't know. You always want to see young guys get into the lineup just because it's fun to watch. But I would really like to see get Matt Phillips get a get a chance. Like he's had four great years in the HL, right? Like so. Yeah, yeah. And again, he'll have to earn it too. And that's the thing I think maybe is a bit of a misnomer about Daryl. It's like I know he likes his vets, and I mean again, like remember when I was talking about that penalty kill in Game <laughs> Seven, Trevor Lewis. It's like that's why, because in Game Seven of a Stanley Cup playoff game. Trevor Lewis gets the job done and you know, he can get the job done. So that's why he relies on those guys. But right. I do, I do think it is a bit of a mischaracterization of Daryl to say like, Oh, he doesn't let young guys play. It's like, look at, pro, look at Shillington last year, freaking banished to God knows where for God knows why for three years. And then Daryl gets here and he was great. And he earned his spot and Daryl gave it to him because he earned it. So yeah, I think absolutely. if you will, if you can earn the spot, you'll be fine. And, I mean, that was sorely lacking in previous administrations where it's like, um, yeah, you don't have to earn shit. You just play.
1: Another underrated thing with Peltier is it's snarl. It's awesome. When the kid got drafted, he was like, I'm going to win the Stanley Cup. Like, yeah. Dude. Like, bro.
0: <laughs>
2: dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, like,
0: I would – he's he, – yeah, uh, I'd love to see him get a – Chance and because he would be great, dude. Like, can you imagine, Kay? Let's just say he's awesome and plays on like a line with Caudry and Coleman or something. Come on, <laughs> on the ice, he definitely has like he's a pain in the ass.
2: Yeah, he is that pest, pest in him. O-
0: honestly, like, I would love to see Monahan resurge.
2: Oh,
1: dude,
0: it would be like it'd be so great.
1: It would be. I, I, I really, I only wish the guy well Did that. His press conference, dude's like smiling and everything, has the cap in the back. Like, oh my god. He's
0: such a he's so funny. Dude is freaking hilarious. He just gets traded and he's like, Yeah, it's fine. It starts in Montreal. Yeah, well, yeah, it's fine actually. Um, but yeah, I hope he I hope he has a good time. I hope he bounces back. Guaranteed he's signing in Columbus the next year, though, probably, right?
2: Probably. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that happening actually.
0: I've talked about it so many times, but I'll just I'll never be able to I guess injuries are just a killer, but like he just fell off the face of the earth. It was so weird. He leaves the flames as I think the 8th or 7th highest goal scorer with 212 goals. I have to look that up, but 212 goals. So remember when we were all talking about how he beat Nathan McKinnon to 200 goals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember that he scored that goal in the Montreal against Montreal in the bubble? Since then, he only scored 12 goals. That is crazy. That's insane. So, it was it was a drop off, but it was it you know what, like it was a long time for for Monahan to be traded, even though yeah. we all love the guy.
1: What do you mean, your hip would lock? Like, what does that mean? What does that entail? Like-, it's like when
0: you're, yeah, it's just gross. Like, your hip bone pops out of like the socket. It's just rank. Yeah. But wasn't Francis ripping him for being such a pussy or something? Oh, yeah. This guy is so, he uh, doesn't show up. Uh. Like, yeah, he can't even walk.
1: Sounds like he's, boring. It's like he's literally a walking operation module. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? like
0: oh. yeah, I hope he does. Uh, Montreal is weird though, they got a lot of force now, but I hope he does really well. And I hope he does sign in Columbus and him and Johnny's freaking reunite. And that'd be sweet, that'd be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's terrible, yeah, absolutely.
0: We just got to make sure Meredith calls, uh, what's her name, Brittany and sets this arranges the whole thing, and <clears throat> he'll be a blue Jacket in no time.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we're just going to gloss over the whole uh, you know, fact that Manj was uh, hanging out with Johnny and Meredith is like, posting about it. I'm like, please, no. Yeah, I was
0: like, get out of there. You're, she's going to convince you guys to ask for a trade or
2: something. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. You're going to be getting more content like this down the line. And uh, yeah, we appreciate your support. And growth this summer has been insane. So thank you for being a part of it.
2: Yeah, and thanks again for joining us, Mike
0: yeah no problem hey in uh in the words of uh eric francis he always signs off his freaking like media availabilities it's like eric your mic's off
2: hello hi
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i love when brad has to clarify the or daryl too has to clarify the questions they ask francis it's like you mean in terms of the free agent period yeah
2: (laughs) yeah
0: like okay
2: sure oh my god i had to get
0: one last francis shout <laughs>
2: yeah i love it awesome